Welcome to the Hustle System Podcast. Mikhail here. And today we are going to unpack the patterns of success and failure for some of my favorite people in the space of peak performance, business, entrepreneurship, internet marketing, arts, music, film, you name it. Today, we've got a very interesting guest, Mr. Nelson Dallas. Nelson is a multi-time world memory champion. Put on the brakes, hold up. What does that mean? What is a memory champion? Well, those of you who don't know, I highly recommend you check out the book, Moonwalking with Einstein. Order it right here, right now. It was one of those things I rolled my eyes on, and then I got it, and then I became totally obsessed. Okay, here's how this relates to entrepreneurship. You as an entrepreneur have to keep a myriad of things in your general vicinity of the conscious space that you have, aka uh, what staff you need to prioritize, what projects you need to prioritize, pending projects, past projects, so on, so forth, so on, and so forth. The list goes on and on and on between the operations and the marketing and the financials. Uh, you've really got a lot of, uh, so to speak, balls that you need to juggle at the same time. And oh, with memory, memory is one of those things that is not really considered a skill by most people. But when you go in and you dig into it, you will realize that it is actually a very, very, very trainable skill. So today we have Mr. Nelson Dallas. Now, Nelson's uh, mentioned multi-time a uh, world champion memory holder. Uh, he's also in the process of training for uh, an Everest climb for this upcoming year. Very excited for that. And on this episode, we unpacked quite a few things. So first off, we talked a little bit about uh, how to structure your own neural frameworks, aka your, the way that you think in order to allow you to have the space to be able to store things. And then how to properly organize that storage so that you can have some recall. An example for you. You ever have it where you go up to someone at a party, they introduce themselves, and then you forget their name? Well, guess what? In this episode, we're going to show you how to prevent that from happening ever again. Okay, we talked about some of the top tips for you to remember things faster and most importantly, we unpacked one of his greatest feats, which is that he was able to memorize 10,000 digits of pi. And not just linearly, not just, you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7, 8, 9, 10, but actually to be able to take it from anywhere to anywhere. So if you were to call out the 3,497th digit and say, hey, it's, you know, 3,497, here is the place, he would able, be able to read digits forwards and backwards from that location. And as you can imagine, uh, that is a pretty impressive feat. So what I want you to do is kind of picture if you had that level of cognitive dexterity, if you will, what are some of the things that you would be able to do in your business and in your organization that maybe you can't do currently? I am extremely grateful to have Nelson on the podcast. I'm extremely excited uh, to see what benefits you take away. And I'm hoping, really hoping that maybe, just maybe, this gets one of you a little bit obsessed with memory training the same way that I am, and that you can reap some of those benefits as well. So without further ado, let's dig into this highly memorable podcast episode with Mr. Nelson Dallas. We've never wavered from that vision. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourself and ourselves. Freedom is indivisible. Uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. That app comes with incredible rapidity. One electrical art after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted. It really is a revolution. Nelson Charles Dallas, correct? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So, so we're talking memory today. Oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, this is great. Okay. So, um, thank you first off for, uh, sure. coming on, man. Well, where are you based out of? I'm in Miami, Florida. Miami. Oh, jelly belly, man. I love Miami. Um, you know, Miami's such a great city. I'm like, oh man, Latin flavor. Like, I'm like, I've got like, yeah, sure. I've got flavor now. Right. So, uh, so awesome. What, uh, what, what area are you in like Brickell or? I used to live in Brickell. I live in an area called Coconut Grove, if you're familiar. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, it's a little slower pace here. It's, it's, it's nice. A little more mellow. Dude, dude. I love Miami. Um, it's really come up. So, okay. Um, multi-time memory champion. So let's, uh, let's start with moonwalking with Einstein. You know, let's, I mean, let's, let's talk about that. Um, memory record holder. So I think this is fascinating. Maybe you can chime in. Why is memory such an important skill? Like I think a lot of people, you tell them I'm a memory master. They're like, no way. Well, it's like, it's perceived as not really like a real thing. I think because it's so abstract and yet there's so much complexity with uh, the mnemonic patterns that we use. And, and we talk about memory palaces and stuff like sure. that. I'd love to unpack some of that stuff. Um, you know, numbers, retention, et cetera, um, sequencing, uh, visualizations. So I think we'll get into that stuff. But uh, uh-huh. I think for the folks that are listening, a lot of them are entrepreneurs. A lot of them are aimed at, you know, make more money, make more money, make more money. And um, how do you connect the dots between being able to say, remember things and make more money? What, what is the way that your brain kind of goes, hey, this is actually a really critical skill that maybe Maybe, maybe you should take a moment and actually treat it like a real skill instead of something that uh, you neglect in a way. Yeah. I mean, first off, it's, it's also one of those things that people hear the word memorize or memory, memory and they think that's not something you want to spend time on. It takes too much time. It's a waste of time. In school lingo, memory is almost a bad word, unfortunately, but I don't think so. Uh, I think memory is a crucial step to learning anything or integrating anything any information into your mind, whether it's a name or facts about uh, your business, all those things. And regardless whether you know how to use your memory or not, you are using your memory if you're a businessman or anybody. Everybody has a memory. Everybody has a use case for their memory. And thus, anybody, everybody could use a better memory. So imagine being able to do that part of your work or your life quicker, more efficiently. You know, I'm not saying necessarily to go out and just memorize everything, although I do that. Uh, (laughs) But like, if if you are going to use your memory, then why not learn some of these techniques to make that part just a blip, an easy thing that you can do without the stress, anxiety, or yeah, just any of that. Okay. I I think one that comes up and this comes up for me all the time. And again, I love moonwalking the ice side. I have um, the Harry Lorraine memory book, all all these things. I'm sure you're, you're very familiar. Yeah, for sure. I I love this stuff. man. so I wanted to have you on. I was like, yes, I was fired up. Um, Of course I have the bear. So it's like, how serious is this guy really about this stuff? You never know. Um, But but I think think one thing that comes up and I think everybody's had this where you'll be at a a party or a networking event and you're like talking to someone, you're like, Oh my God, Jenny. Nice to meet you, Jenny. And it's like, then, 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 and you're like, Oh no. And then you're like, Oh, I know I just met that guy. Oh, where, Oh, what was the name? Oh no. And then, you know, there's like a couple of ways to approach it. Number one is, you know, memorize it right the first time, which I've gotten a lot better at partially mm-hmm. through being conscious and present to the moment and it's a big part of it. Yeah. Storing it right properly and not just, not just being on autopilot, thinking about something else when you're doing those introductions. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, then you have that awkward moment like, Hey, I know I just met you three seconds ago. 
could you tell me your name again? And that, oh, I mean, that, that could be the, the death of a business deal um, right away. Just like so, that. Yep. Yeah. Because the perception is now, you know, when someone does that to me, they, they've done that to me. Uh, people do that to me. I always give them the benefit of the doubt. I go, hey, look, I get it. We're all busy. We've got a million. I call it mosquitoes and ping pong balls, right? Mosquitoes are like out here. And then these thoughts and, you know, things you have to do get in your head and then they ping pong ball around. And then, you know, some yeah, meditation yeah. is good, right? Um, but I think uh, that's a very practical use case of like how many like deals and opportunities have you just like set on fire? by literally not remembering uh, that person or um, the really obvious one that I do all the time and I've been trying to be better at is the dude or man or brother. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, Oh yeah, brother. So great to meet you. So great. You know, so, and he's like, do you know my name? Did you forget it? And then yeah. he's like, no. Right. So um, I think that ends up being fascinating. So, so I think that's a very practical, like, that could be six, seven figures in your pocket if you just learn to do that. And um, a great example here is, is like Bill Clinton. One of the things that people said about Bill was yeah. um, he's so great because he always remembers every person's name. And um, I think Warren Buffett is the same way. Uh, yeah. Bill Gates is the same way. Uh, Richard Branson is the same way. So there's something about there's a connection there between success and, and ability. And skill. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's take it back to the beginning. What is your earliest memory? Uh, I've had this question before and I, it's hard to pinpoint, um, you know, cause then you think like, well, is it a crafted memory that's been constructed through pictures and stories or is it actual, like it's mine. I, I, I created this, it's real, but I, I have a pretty old memory. And then the, this is the thing. I have different memories from back when I was a kid, but I don't know the timeline necessarily. I'd have to ask my parents, but I remember one memory where I'm, maybe two, two and a half. We had a swimming pool. We lived in, I think, Kansas City or something. Um, and uh, I couldn't find my family. And uh, they were somewhere in the house. And I just remember being really scared. Um, and that's kind of the end of the memory. It's not very interesting, but I can picture that house, uh, me kind of wandering downstairs, not finding anybody. And uh, it's mm. the place seemed huge. I'm sure it's not that big a house, but I was small, obviously, back then. That's fascinating. I'm, I'm sure there's been a lot of um, like spiritual work you've then had to do on abandonment after, you know, and <laughs> so it's a whole journey. I still remember it. Maybe there's some issues there. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally, right? Um, I love it. Um, so you mentioned something there that I think is fascinating. A lot of people are not aware of uh, this idea of a crafted memory versus a real memory. And um, maybe I'll just tee this up at, uh, for, for the audience that's listening. So go ahead and uh, just take a moment right now, those of you that are listening, and, and just picture your, uh, your childhood home, okay, where you were when you might have been six, seven, eight. Just, just go, ahead and, go ahead and picture that. Um, and just, just kind of put yourself there and really take a moment right now, put it in your mind's eye, okay? Got it? Okay, now um, there's, there's two uh, different ways that most people uh, perceive this. Number one is an actual moment in time, kind of like the memory that you described now is, is an actual moment in time um, you know, your, your father might be in a specific location doing a specific action. Your mother might be in a specific location doing a specific action. The furniture is hyper-specific. It is a actual uh, snapshot. It is an actual stored file. Um, what I find though is the average person, or at least the majority of people, um, it's actually a reconstruction. And that's what kind of you, you mentioned, right? Is It's a reconstruction of all of the experience that you've had in that space. And then it's an averaging of all of those experiences together. So my question for you is, how much do you think of our life, of our entire time span of stuff that we remember is actual things that we remember versus things that we manifest as either an averaging or as an extrapolation um, and amplification of the memory? 
That's a great question. Wow. Uh, I don't claim to have the answer to that, but uh, I'd say more of it is most of it more than not is, is the crafted kind of reconstructed um, version of that. Um, <laughs> just because I don't know, there's just so many details and, and so many things and moments and, and then especially the longer a memory gets um, since it's happened, right. You know, more time to think about it, more to really ruminate on the details and what you could have done better or worse. And then, you know, over time, you can imagine those things get exaggerated or skewed or replaced, right. Or forgotten. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you're left with a memory, but, uh, and it is your memory, right. But it, it, it must be changing. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's fascinating because we're not very good at, at direct recall. Um, or I actually find that there's uh, almost a disconnect between creativity and exact recall, where it's almost a logical function. And I'm sure you notice this when you build um, some of the sequences that you build mnemonically and, and, the, and the palaces and the visualizations, which, which I want to unpack here on uh, what systems you personally use to, to memorize things, but um, we'll, we'll get, we'll get it. I think it's gonna be absolutely fascinating. You know, I remember doing this exercise of, of trying to memorize all 50 States, right? Uh, that's yeah. like a very common exercise or, you know, the card deck thing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I got pretty obsessed with that. I like read mood walking with Einstein. I'm like, I will do this. And then I got every book on it. And then I'm like, Oh my God, my brain's like totally. And then um, <laughs> you remember all these random things. So maybe let me ask you this. What's the most random thing that you've ever memorized that you're like, this is probably totally useless, but I'm going to memorize it anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I memorized 10,000 digits of pi a few years oh, wow. ago. Yeah. And I was, I was trying to break this record, um, which, you know, memorizing a string of uh, digits in sequence, 10,000 sounds impressive, but it actually, I feel like it was more impressive than that because the way I was going to be tested on it was not like, can you say all the digits in order? But if I were to give you five digits anywhere within the 10,000, can you tell me the next five and the previous five? If I choose 50 random ones, can you do the same thing correctly for each one as fast as possible? Um, so that was the record I was training for, not only knowing 10,000 digits, but knowing them piece by piece, um, like the back of my hand. And that was, uh, that was a lot of work and very useless, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Well, well, maybe, maybe not, right? Because there's a muscle there sure. that um, that gets trained, and it's it's weird. I mean, this, this comes down to you know how do you define the brain, and and this is like a very esoteric conversation we can get into uh, as, as, yeah. as far as evolving your uh, your actual like psyche to a level where you transcend consciousness and stuff like that. Uh, which I actually think memory has a lot to do with because memory ends up being the definition of existence. So that, that's a whole another that's a whole another yeah. thing. Oh my god, yes, um, we could go down that track. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, Maybe before we get into that, um, how do you go about that? So, I mean, 10,000, uh, I think to the average person is, is a lot. Um, to me, it's actually a lot. And I, I kind of like, I dabble in this space. I'm by no means an expert. Um, how do you go about that where, okay, you set out this challenge. And I think this applies to every entrepreneur, by the way, because that's a challenge that on the surface level can seem very daunting and very intimidating, similar to say building a large business or uh, creating a really powerful brand. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, parallels here. So how do you go about taking that, chunking it down, creating the, the, like, what are some of the systems that you maybe use in order to unpack that challenge in a way that makes it yeah. manageable? So get this. I mean, for people listening, I think this will be fascinating that when I said to myself, Hey, I'm going to learn 10,000 digits of pi, that thought in terms of size and scale felt totally comfortable. 
you know, like obviously it will take time and, and work, but it didn't, I, I didn't look at that like a huge mountain and be like, I can never get to that. 10,000 felt totally doable. So that just gives you an idea of, of with what I train and what I've done with my memory, 10,000 items isn't really that big of a challenge. It's a challenge, but not a big challenge. Um, what really was going to be difficult for me was the way I was accessing the information and knowing every single five digit possibility. Um, so familiarly to access it really quickly. Um, so stepping back a second. So the way I, I approached it was, well, I have a number system. Um, I encode basically every three digits into a picture of something. So I have a thousand different images just preset at five or C any three digits in sequence. I immediately have a picture for it. Um, it's something I learned uh, a number of years ago. It took time to kind of master, but it's there. Okay. Now. Okay. Can we pack that a little more really quick before sure. we go on? So yeah. like, let's say one, eight, seven, what is that? So eight, so the way I, I break it down is eight, the last two digits are like a category. So 87 are the characters from South Park. So 187 nice. is Timmy. Nice. Timmy. Timmy. Okay. And, and then uh, to, to, to store that in, do you just go eight, seven, Timmy, eight, seven, Timmy, eight, seven, Timmy. Um, and I'm assuming that the eights are all South Park characters, right? From 80 to 89. Is that kind of how you so, do it? Well, it's, it's, it gets a bit complicated the way I did it, but basically all the 87. So 0, 87, 187, 287, 387, up to oh. 987. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so then you're, um, so that's kind of fascinating. So the leading digit really tells me who the character is. Uh, the last two digits tell me kind of what. Oh, so you, so you kind of have like 100 categories and yeah. then you have uh, 10 subdivisions of each one. Exactly. Yeah. That's very, that's very cool. What's 52? What, 0, 52? Um, yeah, or just, or just the category. Yeah, what's yeah, the category? 50, 52. So it starts with the first person because I, I initially started with a two-digit system. That's why yeah, I totally. expanded this way. So 52 totally. originally was, uh, what do you call him? Marty McFly um, huh. from Back to the Future. So then that's he becomes 052, and then all the other 52s are now characters from Back to the Future. Interesting. So that's super cool. That's super clever. Um, a lot of people will be like, well, it's way over my head. Okay. So awesome. I, lo I love that. That's very clever. It, it, it kind of flips some of what, what I was doing on his head, actually. And then it's actually a smarter way because now um, you're putting your category as the secondary thing, which is easier in a way to have on auto-defined and then the specific is in the front. So that's kind of a little bit different from uh, ways that other people might approach it. Other, yeah. other people might approach, say, uh, hundreds are the category, but then you have so many elements in that category. Now you have to have 99 elements in that category. It makes it very difficult. Here, yeah. you're limiting each category to only 10 possible variations within the category. So all you have to do is remember the 100 categories and then remember the sub-variation. That's very clever, man. I love that. Um, so anyway, so, sorry, continue. I just wanted to unpack that for the boys. So, yeah. Uh, one other thing about that that's nice is that if I forget like I'm memorizing a sequence and I forget a picture that, you know, for the number that was there. Um, if I had a thousand separate things, I'd have to go through my head and hopefully land on one of the thousand. Um, but with the categories, I can actually go through a thousand, uh, sorry, a hundred categories pretty quickly, uh, mm -hmm. probably a minute or so in my mind. And usually the category will help jog the memory of what was there, you know, like, of I, I come to 52, I think of like back to the future. Oh yeah. It was this character at 452, you know? Um, okay. So anyway, so yeah. So what I did, so since, since the sequences that I was memorizing were chunks of five, right. And I have three digits for my system. What I did is basically um, I did three and three, but overlapped the middle digit. 
Hmm. And the reason I did that is so it could reinforce itself even better. So in the case that I could just remember the last part of it or the front part of it, um, that last digit was always, or first digit was always a middle, like a clue to what the other part was. Got it. So let's say you had um, a 13872, that would be a 138. And then 872. 138 and then 872, correct. Got yeah. it. Okay, so that ends up being a lead and then you can kind of use that middle as an anchor to go to either side. That's really yeah. clever, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's cool. Um, for defining these, so let's maybe get back to basics because a lot of the stuff when you're like, an elite memory, you know, athlete, you you kind of forget like a lot of people have, they've never read Moonwalking Lives and they totally don't know anything about this space. This is going to be like super esoteric. I think they're like, whoa, this is mind blowing. What the heck? Right. Um, Sounds impossible. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. But I I love this stuff. Um, How do you go about pre-coding? So one of the big things that was huge for me was working forwards and backwards or working in uh, threes, right? Uh, one, two, three, two, three, four, three, four, five, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Or they're working backwards, right? So how do you go about, say, encoding the 100 categories? Because I, I want to kind of go through this process a little bit slowly to unpack each element because I think it, it, it's like, you know, Kobe, rest in peace, like when he does a jump shot, there's a lot. There's, you know, the windup, there, there's a lot of different elements. So, so you're going to go through all these elements. And I think um, people that are not familiar will be like, oh, that was really cool but I really want to get down to uh, the atomic level of how you go about practically doing that. So how do you go about encoding those hundred categories? And then um, how do you go about encoding the 10 with, within the hundred, if that makes sense? Do you just go like zero, zero, this, zero, one, this, zero, two, this, all the way up and then all the way down. And then in, in some sort of, you know, like range um, yeah. and then randoms, you know, random down up. Um, or is there some other thing that you do? So I, like I said, I started with a two digit system. So I said to myself, I was going to have an image for every number from zero, zero up to 99. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next step was, okay, well, you know, some of those numbers maybe have a meaning to me already. Like actually 24 was Kobe, it still is Kobe Bryant. Um, cause it's a Jersey number. And I knew that big fan yep. 34 was Shaq. Nice. Uh, 23 is Michael Jordan. Uh, 50 is 50 cent, right? The rapper, uh, six, six is Satan. Cause I think of six, 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 um, Oh seven is double Oh seven. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's James Bond. So some of those already had an image for me and I kept it that way because the whole point of having a number system is so you can look at the number and without much thought or very little thought, you can think of the picture associated with it. Eventually, hopefully with practice, it's instant. Like it's like looking at a photo of someone, right? You don't have to think about anything. It's just there. It's ingrained. Um, but to start the system is really what helps you, um, kind of bridge the gap until you get to that point. So if you can make it easy, like Oh seven or 24, I start with those. There's maybe 10 numbers out of the hundred that have that the rest, I have to use some kind of conversion. So I use a system where I turn each of those numbers, the two numbers into letters. And then from those letters, I made them stand for uh, the initials of someone. And then there's my character. Hmm. So an example might be um, eight, two. All right. Is eight is an H and I'll, I'll talk about why it's an H in a second. Two is a B. So I had HB Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. So 82 to me when I was learning, I think of that process H B Halle Berry. And there's my picture. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how do I come up with that? Well, there's a, there's a few different systems for converting numbers to letters. I wouldn't say there's a right one. It's just a couple have been used very frequently. Someone in the memory world invented it and people copied it. So um, there's one called the major system. Uh, the one I use is called the Dominic system. And uh, it basically is almost the position of uh, the letter in the alphabet mm -hmm. to its digit. So one is A, two is B, eight is H, uh, and two is B, right? So um, that's the system I use. Now, when I expanded to three digits, right, I already had 82 or those, that two-digit number as the person, um, Halle Berry. So then I just said to myself, okay, well, the, the preceding digit, the third digit, uh, will basically, I'll use another letter to help trigger somebody in that Halle Berry category. Mm -hmm. So the Halle Berry category, I mean, that's a tough category. What does that mean? Um, I chose, uh, what do you call it? X-Men, right? Because she was oh, cool. Storm or whatever. Okay, right? that's cool. So all the 82s are X-Men characters. Mm -hmm. And so like 482 is Juggernaut, 582 is, um, is Coloss Colossus. Yeah. I don't even know. He's, he's in the, the universe or whatever. <laughs> um, some of these are from like video games that I've played that had those characters. So it's not always like perfectly aligned, but I just yeah. know it. You know? Yeah. When you kind of overlap with like some of the, do you, do you have a, a, a Marvel like adventure? That's, that's what I think I confused. Cause I, I used to play uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah. Right. And they're both in it. Yeah. Totally. yeah. So I think I blend some of that and you know, to me, it doesn't have to be perfectly defined, but I've learned it and use it so many years that. Do you have um, a number for uh, for Tony Stark or Iron Man? Iron Man is one uh, one fifty eight. So actually, the fifty eights are are more of the Marvel uh, characters. Yeah, you got the Avengers in there or something like that. That's yeah, super yeah. cool, man. Dude, that's that's a that's a cool system. Okay, so we're on the path to kind of unpacking how you did this um, ten thousand pi number thing. I, I know we kind of went on that as a tangent, but I think this really lets people see the amount of thought and like actual technique that goes into breaking this down. Yeah. Um, got it. Okay. So you have the, this two number system and then you kind of anchor that and then, yeah. um, so the, two, yeah. And then just store that. Yeah. So just right. store that. So you mentioned Storing like you kind of, you kind of use the, the, the number letter association to trigger it. So how do you drill? Uh, what's the drill that you use to kind of, you know, if you were to say, um, you know, the, the thousand punches Bruce Lee analogy, right? How do you drill? that into your mind to where when you say whatever 357 yeah. or whatever number, it becomes much more of an autonomous response um, yeah. rather than you having to dig, dig, dig. So the first, the first step was to have an image for every number, right? Yep. Now that alone isn't enough, especially for 10,000 digits or basically 2000 possible uh, groupings of five um, in that order. So um, what I use is a massive memory palace to kind of store each one in sequence. Um, and that is really what cements it in a very structured way in my mind. And a memory palace for 10,000 digits is huge. Um, I had to have actually um, 10 different memory palaces that were um, what 200 locations long, mm -hmm. um, you know, five goes in each. So yeah. 2000 uh, times five. Okay. 10, so, so let's, let's pause there again, <laughs> because, because again, I know, you know, yeah. uh, what is a memory palace for those of the guys that are listening that have no idea. So a memory palace is basically, um, visualization in your mind of a place that, you know, uh, very well. 
Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but it's, that's what works better. So um, when I say I use a memory palace of 200 locations, what am I saying? I, for one, one of them was my high school, my, where I grew up and went to school. Um, I imagine myself there at the front, the entrance, and then I literally have 200 locations, little spots kind of, that I've marked along a path through the entire campus. Um, and at first that may sound like, wow, you have those memorized, but the point, the whole point of a memory palace is that you don't need to memorize it. Uh, you know it, I mean, you've been to school. I mean, it's, it's been a while, but, um, I know this place very well. Um, if I forget a little bit, I have pictures to help remind me, but I know how to get from the front entryway to the pickup area, to the vending machine up the stairs to my French class. Like it's there, right? I, I did that for four years and, and you know, our brains are very good at remembering uh, spatial information. So, and even if it's not a hundred percent accurate, that, that doesn't really matter. It's, it's, it's about something that you believe and you can use over and over again. That doesn't really change. So at each location, at little, each of those anchor points, I put that image for my five digits or whatever you're trying to memorize. Um, and then I interact I, I, with that space. I imagine that weird imagery, you know, of Halle Berry, you know, making out with president Obama or whatever happening at the front of my school. And that's, you know, the first five digits or whatever. Okay. Awesome. So, so really quick to unpack that before my podcast gets permanently taken down off the air. <laughs> what do you mean by uh, Halle Berry making out with president Obama? Um, I'm, I'm assuming it's evocative imagery that's easy to memorize and not a factual statement that we only you and I no, have inside yes. information on. <laughs> um, it's not breaking obviously. news or anything. <laughs> totally. Um, but can you maybe unpack that? So, so that's like, wait, what do you mean? So that's you connecting two images together to create an evocative experience that's easy to memorize, right? Yeah. So can you unpack that a little bit more? Yeah. So as I, you know, I said, I put two images together to cover those five, right? Um, with the overlapping digit. And the reason I chose to put two is because it really, you know, you can come up with a very strange um, provocative image um, and those are easier to memorize. So it's not always someone making out with someone else, but I was just choosing something that was... Um, what's the, what's the weirdest combo that like oh, came man. up? You don't this. even want to know. Dude, dude, tell me. Dude, we love... We talk about all sorts of stuff on this podcast, so it's a blast. Like, what's the, what's the weird combination that you're like, as soon as you're like, you're like oh no, you're like, I got to do uh, these together. What the weirdest it? ones is when you get your family members in the oh. face and there's some kind of disturbing... Uh, <laughs> oh, God thing you know <laughs> but the, the, the funny thing is is that like that's the shit you don't forget so it's not like i'm like oh no, 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 I, I gotta change it i'm just like listen that one is is gonna win me the championship <laughs> do, do you kind of do you kind of smirk and like laugh a little bit when when that comes up later in, in sometimes the yeah 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 or sometimes way. just some are so silly or perfect right sometimes i've had like images of me climbing you know my favorite peak or something. And it's like, well, yeah, th that's exactly what I would do. That's great that it's in my numbers. That's the easiest one to remember. Totally. Um, yeah, Cause so. you're, you're, what's your history with Everest? Let's maybe. Yeah. So I climb a lot. Uh, I've attempted Everest a few times. I haven't summited, but I've uh, become, I've come very excruciatingly close. Uh, so mountaineering is a big part of my life. So very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Are you going to do uh, 2021 to try and summit? That's the plan. I actually was supposed to go this year. Uh, that was the plan, but we're expecting. So 
Dude, Shoot. congratulations! A little, no, yeah. congratulations for sure. Uh, I mean, that, that's a that's a huge uh, uh, that's a huge undertaking. It's own so. mountain, yeah. Dude, absolutely, man. No, congratulations! So beautiful. Um, hopefully, you can remember your kid's name. You know, <laughs> well, I, I can't wait to, for him to be old enough to for me to teach him this stuff. Right, dude. It, it is, this stuff is so honestly so useful. Um, one way that I'll like kind of kind of connect the dots here is you know, we all have like staff, we have projects, we have all this, these long sequences and all this project management software, right? So imagine being able to just ease 30%. I mean, for, for you, it's probably an ease of like 98%, right? By comparison, just by being present to it and having some good systems. Uh, but imagine just 30% less things you have to remember because it's just like with, with something like weightlifting, when you lift weights, it becomes easier to lift easier stuff, right? It's just, it just becomes easier. So it's the same thing with memory of, um, you, you know, I mean, we, we've got like tons and tons of clients, we've got tons of staff and uh, I'll forget staff's names sometimes. And I, it's such a demoralizing feeling. So yeah. those of you that are entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs, like imagine just 30% less stuff in your mind because you've just created a system for storing it. Um, so, and because you're trained to, to remember better. So the easier things, the simpler things are almost like second thought, you know? Absolutely. And they stick and better. Dude, absolutely. I, I want to take them through, through a quick little exercise. So, so you mentioned this, um, the, the, high, the, the high school. So I think for a lot of the guys that are watching, they're like, cool, that sounds great. But how does this apply to, to me, right? So one, one really easy one is, um, is phone numbers, right? Phone numbers. It's, it's uh, something that comes up time and time again. And uh, I'll use this in kind of a more provocative, fun um, situation where let's say you are in a, some sort of environment where you don't have your phone and you see, you know, a pretty girl or uh, you see some, you see someone you really want to connect with, you know, obviously not you, I understand you've got, you, you know, got a whole family. I just mean for the guys that are listening, right. Um, and you really want to get her phone number. Well, uh, you know, if you don't have your phone there, you're kind of in a situation where, well, uh, what do you do? Or let's say you're at a networking event. And uh, you see that person and whatever, say your phone is dead for whatever reason, or you just don't have it. Um, so let's maybe ta- uh, walk through, can you walk them through like an easy exercise they could do um, to remember just those particular, you know, 10 numbers with uh, area code included? Um, say something like um, you, you woke up, you have your nightstand, or you just got home, you pulled into your driveway, um, or childhood home. Can you maybe just walk someone through like a a hypothetical 10 number memorization sequence. I think that would help them out um, rather than hearing it from me. Cause I would just, sure. I just really wouldn't do it justice. I think you'll do it justice far better than I will. Um, I think that would be really fascinating. I'm like, how do you remember 10 numbers? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, I, I would suggest first for uh, new listeners or listeners who are new to this stuff, um, you're probably not gonna have a system. Okay. With numbers, it's best to have a system. It's the quickest, most reliable because you know, coming up with pictures for numbers is hard if you don't know what to think of. Sometimes, let's say you're maybe someone who's really good with sports stats and jersey numbers, maybe a lot of those numbers already have um, an image just, you know, instinctively that come to you. But if you don't give a crap about that stuff, then maybe you look at the number uh, 67 and it just means nothing. It's just two numbers. And two numbers, it's not hard, but, you know, put 10 together, a phone number and who it belongs to, that, that it can get confusing. So I'll start with an example um, that could be very generic. Um, and then if you want to get better at it, that's where you would maybe use a system like I have or a simplified version of it. But first of all, 
that area code is a pain in the ass. So what I always do is I try to, before, as they tell me the number, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm 305. I stop them and I say, oh, is it, where is that? If I know it, I, say, I talk about it. So I say, okay, is that Miami? Um, you know, what, what's, what's your area code, by the way? Uh, mine is 760. 760. So I don't know that one. I'd be, so I'd say like, San oh, Diego. San Diego, 760. Okay. And usually that conversation, step back a little bit, is enough. And usually when you're at a networking event, you're going to be around people that have the same area code as you or ones that are compatible to that area. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's usually not too hard, but I usually stop them to get that moment to kind of process it. I don't really do much to kind of encode it. Um, just because it seems like most times you don't really have to. And if it is something you don't know, then talking about it will make it pop out and be memorable. Okay. So then you're left with seven digits, right? So what I'll try to do is convert those digits into a picture and then I'll store it in one of the memory palaces that I have kind of ready in my mind. Um, in this case, you know, we can maybe think of uh, just a random, you know, bedroom or something. There's a bed, a nightstand and a mirror, let's say, just to be very simple. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to make up a number just here, just to, uh, I don't want to give anybody's number <laughs> uh, out here, but let's say, first of all, I'm 305, right? That's my area code. We talked about it. 305 is a pretty memorable one. It's in all the um, Pitbull songs, right? Mr. 305. Yep. And people rap about it all the time. So then the next seven digits, let's say it's um, 711, um, I don't know, 99. Oh, two. And then 902. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, so, you know, and this is hard to do on the fly, which is why it's, it's good to have a, a, a system, but I'd maybe try to come up with a picture for the first three digits, something it reminds me of. Now, that's again, why it's hard with numbers, but 711, I, I made it simple. That's 711, right? So I just picture literally on my bed, a 711. Okay. And don't stop there, right? Uh, you really want to picture it. Imagine what it would be like if it was actually on your bed, a miniature 7-Eleven store, you know, with people in it working, you know, walking in, buying stuff. There's a slushy machine swirling, you know, you can hear the whir of the, the, what do you call it? The fridges where there's beer, right? Um, maybe you can imagine somebody eating some chips and the sound that would make or that somebody's robbing the place and breaking the glass, right? So you really want to try to imagine all the, the details uh, of something like that happening. All right. And then the next four digits, um, I might separate them in pairs. Um, so I just need three images, right? The first for the three, 7-Eleven on the bed. And then next, the nightstand, I put the next two, which was 9-9, nine, nine, right? So maybe I think of 9-9, nine, nine, I think of like... Hitler saying nine, 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 right? <laughs> yeah, like pretty saying, no, no, no. I can picture that from uh, what, what's that movie? Um, Glorious Bastards, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and so there he is on my nightstand, very angry because he's losing the war. Um, and he's just saying nine, nine, right? Um, and then finally, the last two would be in the mirror, O2. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm singing ode to joy, right? Ode mm -hmm. to joy, right? Mm -hmm. Into the mirror. Cause I think I belong on American Idol or something and I don't. Um, so there's your image. And uh, if you want to remember that, you know, you do your little mental route through those locations, start at the bed, nightstand and the mirror. And there you have 7-Eleven, 9-9, 
ode to joy, you know? And that's, that's, that's very simplified, but that's, that's, no, I, I love it. I think it's, I think it's good for people. Like the way that I started it was, um, just encoding the zero through nine. Right. So that could be like, yeah, zero is like a wheel. One is like a tree. Two is like, like a little Asian girl doing a peace sign. Okay. You know, three could be a triangle, four could be a square, five can be a star. That works really well. Cause it's, you know, geometric spatial, yep. um, you know, six could be like a little devil. Seven could be like a little lucky charms guy. Um, eight is like the infinity symbol because it's the same thing sideways. Yeah. And then uh, nine can be like like a gun, like a nine millimeter or whatever for whatever whatever it is that relates to your stuff, right? So then um, the, like the very first time I would have done that number, like a 305-711-9902, it would have been, um, I would have had to come up with 10 locations because I'm, you know, th- like that's where you start, right? If you were to go back yeah. to like kindergarten for this. Um, so the way that would look for me is um, say I am um, pulling into my driveway so I would like, there's that moment right before you turn into your driveway. So that would be, you know, I'd picture like a triangle there and then I turn and then I hear my wheel like, like stop. Right. So creating like little imagery and then you kind of go on from there and take it from there. So for those of you guys that maybe if it's a little too sophisticated, um, doing little visualizations right that, right. And then you, uh, maybe you get, get out of the car or maybe you park and there's a star right in the middle of the steering wheel. So you've now parked and that's okay. There's a triangle there's a wheel that's a zero and then there's a star on the steering wheel. That's a five, that's three Oh five. Right. And then you kind of take it from there. So on a very, like very kindergarten elementary level yeah. uh, for this stuff, which I think for you is like, come on, man, this is too easy. But uh, you know, for, no, for those but- of you guys that are listening to start out and um, what's cool is you can create a lot of these sequences and then memorizing like names and stuff like that becomes uh, a lot easier because honestly, names are just like repetitive. It's like, you know, Patricia, that you can have like something with the Pats, like the Patriots. And I do that all the time. Whenever people uh, tell me their name, I just associate it with something outrageous. I don't, I don't know about, you know, Halle Berry and Obama making out, but something equally uh, evocative. And then I remember that. And then later on, um, because it comes up really fast, right? You're like, boom, you're, you're leaving. And then that person's right there and you're like, hey, what's up? And you have to get it. You have to be, you can't be like, what's up, man? Boom, 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 boom. Sometimes you'll go, it's, Alfred, right? And then you go and you, you shake their hand and, and you're like, yeah, man, thanks. And you're like, do you remember my name? And, and they're like, no, I'm like, it's okay. Right. So, so, so then you can kind of like mess with people a little bit and that's kind of fun. Um, so, uh, dude, this is, this is really great stuff, man. There's so, so much to unpack, um, here. So, so let's maybe keep going. So you've got these five figure things. So you've got the five digit combinations, right? And I think the guys have a pretty good idea now how you create those. And that, that's super cool. There's a much larger process than I think the average person makes. I just create identity is like, oh, there's a whole lot to it. Um, and then you, you mentioned uh, you take through 10 memory palaces with 200 locations each. So I think um, the memory palace thing, um, doing things from your memory is really good. So your childhood home is really good. Um, doing something, uh, let's your current home is really good. Current um, home, yep. Yeah, I also like- My in-laws um, as well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, also, I like, if you ever play video games, like video game um, locations, yep. like- um, you, you know, Super Mario level is good. Yeah, like lo- or big maps, like Fortnite map. Let's say if you're playing that. Totally. Um, another good one is uh, movies. So if you know movie pretty well, like almost scene for scene or roughly what happens in what order, you can use that as a memory palace. You know, if you use Gladiator the film. Uh, I, I don't know the whole film by heart, but I know it starts with him walking through the fields, touching the, the wheat, right? So that's your first location, right? Totally. And then you could go on from there. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah. Anything that's like visual and spatial. Um, so, so, okay. So you have these 10 palaces and then you have 200 locations. So, so I think 
getting a palace, getting 200 locations in each, probably outside of the breadth of the average person on here. But I think they can yeah. visualize what that looks like. Um, they don't need to be that big for the average person. You know, maybe 10, 20 locations is nice for a uh, memory location, uh, memory palace. Totally. And you can I needed the 200 because I'm trying to split up. I was trying to put every thousand in one of those locations so that, you know, yeah, it's it was, recall, right? I like to space it out that way, you know? Yeah, totally. That way you have a little bit more of an atomic recall capability because you do have to go into 357 and Palace 3 like that, right? And go, yeah. boom, okay, it's there. Yeah. That's what that is. And then be able to work it forwards and backwards. So, so do you, when you drill that, do you work it forwards and backwards? Do you work it forwards, 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 and then randoms? How do you go about like actually? So the way it? I would train it, I mean, I would first learn the numbers. So I'd spend an afternoon, like an hour or so, just kind of encoding and just seeing the picture, basically watching the movie unfold on my memory palace for the thousand. I do a thousand at a time. And then, you know, I go back, maybe reread it. And then I try to not even say the numbers because I know my translations very well. I just try to see the pictures in my mind, all 200 of them, and hmm. see if I got them right. If there's any that are uh, in need of a little massaging um, or review. And then in terms of practicing for the actual um, test or, or um, uh, record, I, I, I wrote software for myself that actually just randomizes um, choosing those five digit sequence. Um, and I could practice specific sets of a thousand or a specific range. Um, and it would tell me, you know, how fast I did it, um, what I was missing, if it was off by a digit or something like that. Um, and that, you know, I, I don't really, I didn't really, it doesn't really matter to do it forwards or backwards, but having that access at random locations throughout all, you know, two thousands of, of my locations was really the thing that I had to practice a lot. Yeah, totally. What'd you code that in? Now, is that just like a standard? Uh, in Java. Java. Cool. That's fun. I, that's te cool. I teach Java at, at a university here, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. super cool, man. Dude, I, I love that. Um, and then how did you connect the palaces? So, um, or did you not bother? So, because you're not doing all the way through recall, so you can just do palace three is so-and-so, right? So you don't necessarily have to connect no. location 1000 to the first location of the next one. It's not a sequential thing. So you no. don't do that at all. And, and some kind of connect, actually not really. I mean, I wasn't worried about that because I, like I said, I studied them or learned them by thousands. And yeah. by the time I knew the thousand, you know, I had studied it so much that knowing the next thousand, I was pretty it's not too hard to remember the order of 10 things. Totally. Um, what was a bit weird was if somebody gave me, you know, like in the set of 5,000, the first five, because I'd have to say the next five, which is fine. But then the previous five would be in the, the, the last location yeah, of the other memory palace. So sometimes I might have to take a little extra second to, to recognize that, but usually uh, it wasn't too difficult. That's pretty interesting. So that's, it's almost like a, like the, the, in the vocal pitch there, you have that little, so it's almost, it's almost like a little spot where be, you know, between your chest voice and your, uh, you know, your head yeah, voice. Yeah, there's it's like, like a that little, little step. Yeah, there's that little step function. there. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, okay. So, so, so that's fascinating. Um, so, so let's, let's unpack. We've got, we've got a couple minutes here. Number one, uh, do you offer any coaching or trading or anything you want to pitch to the guys for how they can get a hold of you? Or is it just YouTube channel? Like, no, so I, there's a few ways. Uh, I have a book out. It's called Remember It. Um, so there's that. That's that's an easy pickup on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles, whatever. I have a version of that coming out for kids in middle school. Uh, that's coming out this summer. 
um, August. And then um, I have my YouTube channel. It's all free on there. Um, it's a little more fun, short little bits. So you wouldn't get the full thing, but I definitely have a lot of content on there that you could learn um, if you're just getting started. And just search my name, you'll find my channel. And then lastly, yeah, I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, for everyone. You know, I've worked with students, athletes, I'm working with an actor right now. Um, I've worked with, you know, billionaires, I'm not kidding. Um, and, and high level, uh, CEOs. So it, it, it's something, like I said before, everybody uses it. So, um, you can reach me for those kind of inquiries on my website, which is just my name, Nelson Dallas. Awesome. And we'll, we'll obviously have all the links. Um, what are some of the benefits that the guys get out of that? Cause I mean, it's like for, for a billionaire, is it more of like a passion case study or are they like, wow, this actually really, really helped me with X, Y, Z. How does that kind of come across? Yeah. I mean, from working with, I've, I've worked with two billionaires. Okay. Uh, they, and it's interesting because I, I don't know any billionaires. Like it's, I, I've met some millionaires, you know, like I'm not one, but, um, that's more common to work with. Um, and so I kind of understand their mentality, but billionaire seems like on another planet, you know, um, I can just imagine what they think of day to day and working with one in particular, it really helped me understand why they would want something like this because they are just so responsible for thousands of things in their day and, and the, the, the rate at which thoughts come in and out of their mind um, to have some way of, of maybe organizing that and to um, keep things straight and not kind of lose control of certain things um, is crucial, right? Um, you know, it just gets incrementally more uh, important um, the more successful you are. So I totally saw why they wanted to use me and, and learn from me. That's super cool, man. That, that's huge. I think those of you guys that are listening, like as entrepreneurs, we take on a lot of accountability and a lot of responsibility. And I'm, I'm sure you're feeling this, you know, you got a, a little one on the way. So yeah. it's uh, it's a little bit like, wow, you're, you're now like responsible for, um, you know, for me as staff, for you, it's uh, it's a miniature version of yourself and stuff <laughs> like that. So a uh, little bit different, but, but you know, it's, it's like, uh, you're responsible. I'm just going to tell him pandas whenever he doesn't know how to do something. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that could be number one, you know, you can just remember it. That'd be great. Uh, no, totally. Pandas. It's great. Uh, it's a great anchor. Like it lights everybody up and I'll use that. I I, what I used to do is I used to use, um, cartoon character names when I used to go order coffee. So instead of using my real name, I would just use random cartoon, like Scooby-Doo. Oh, how memorable and, is that? Dude, it's awesome because then when they call it out, they're like, Scooby-Doo. I'm like, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. And, and like everyone's <laughs> like, what? Who is this guy? Right? Because it, it's, it's that idea of breaking the autopilot. And that's something I really wish we had more time yeah. to unpack is this idea of like evocative imagery with branding to break the autopilot. I don't know if we'll have time in the next four minutes, but maybe that's something that we can bring you back for. Um, you know, in, in some time in the future for another episode, uh, I think that'd be great as a way of like, how do you use the, these memory techniques as, as a weapon in your business? Um, and how do you use it to actually manipulate um, the psychology of other people as it relates to their ability to memorize uh, who you are and have recall about your branding, your positioning, things like that. So for everyone listening, I highly recommend uh, you check out the training. We're going to have a nice big link down below. Um, it's going to be amazing. And uh, this is something that I've... I've like dabbled with and then gotten progressively more serious with. And I noticed when I practice it, it makes life easier because we all have like task management software and then a calendar and then da, 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 da. And it's so much stuff. And, um, you know, what you nailed regarding, uh, the increase in accountability and responsibility is huge. It's huge. Like what if it could just be easy? Like what if it, running your business could just be easier? P 
period. Yeah. That's it. It's that simple. And, that, and that's why you should check it out. Um, man, there's so much more to unpack, but we've got three minutes. Okay. So let's do this. Uh, number one, okay. check out his coaching. It's awesome. Number two, dude, congratulations on the expecting. Number Thank three, you. good luck with Everest. Keep me posted. Let me know. Um, I'm excited. What's your favorite animal? So we talked about pandas. What is your favorite animal? Oh, that's easy. It's an elephant. It's an elephant. Oh, okay. <laughs> is it because Why? Of... Because of their memories. Uh, no way. Yeah. That's so, <laughs> such an obvious anger. Surprise. Uh, very cool. Uh, favorite band, album, and or song? Uh, that's, uh, it's tough, but I, my always, my go-to is, uh, this album lateralis by tool. Oh, okay. I could on. die or go to the moon with that one album and I'd, I'd be happy. That's a dang good one. Um, yep. awesome. Uh, favorite guilty pleasure, something that you do that has no ROI whatsoever, but you do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> I knit. Wait, really? uh, there's some ROI to that though. You knit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. Okay, that's, wait, what do you knit? Uh, usually, you know, I've done a lot, but what I like to do is something short, so like usually a hat or some kind of um, beret or beanie or something. I usually, at least I used to, make hats for girls. That was the, that's it was cool. so weird and it was a great um, kind of thing to get thing, things going. Um, yeah. But now I make hats for my wife. Uh, Dude, that's sometimes awesome. I make a beanie for myself, but... I prefer more the, Bro, the okay. stuff for the women is a little more intricate. You know, if I make a beanie, it's just going to be a plain beanie, but uh, I can make a really interesting pattern I'm, for, I'm going to be hitting life. you up for beanies, bro. All day. <laughs> Let's get a Shopify store up right now. Dude, this, is, yeah. this is your new gig. Knit, um, knit for memory. Yeah, dude, totally. Um, morning ritual. What's your morning ritual look like? Uh, I start with my workout. I wake up at six and I'm at the gym by six 30. I'm in there for an hour and a half. Uh, I, most days out of, of, of the week, I do CrossFit um, yep. and supplement with some other things. And then I come home. Now I spend time with my kid. And then um, I work in my memory training, kind of interweave it with what I do um, for work, which is a million different things. But yeah. Super cool. I love it. And um, last but not least to wrap here. Uh, so I call this the dark forest. Um, my belief is as humans, we live our lives in the valley. Okay. And what I mean by that is we wake up and it's all sunny and we do the things that we're like kind of best at. We're used to doing it. You know, for you, it's memory. For me, it's whatever weird stuff I do. And yet there's this dark forest, this thing that it's like the big audacious goal that we've set out in our mind that we know it's there but it's all light and sunny and we want to stay in the valley. We want to stay in the light, sunny part. We don't necessarily want to go in there and, you know, deal with the wolves and all that stuff. So what's the, you, you've accomplished some phenomenal things, man. Huge props. Uh, lots of love. You can tell, like, I, I really like appreciate this, like the amount of yeah. stuff that you've put in and, and I can tell Thank how much. You. Work yeah, no, I it. totally feel it. I love that. Thanks man. What's uh, what's your next dark, what's the dark forest for you? What's that next thing? Is it being like an amazing dad? Is it, Everest, um, what's that big thing that you're like, wow, that's kind of freaky. I'm kind of intimidated, but I'm going to go for it. It's a tough question because like, I get what you're saying, but like, I'm really happy with how I deal with those. Cause I go for them. Um, last year, for example, or actually for a while, um, I wanted to learn my mother's language, which is Flemish. And last year I spent the year learning that language and I did it. Uh, it was really hard. Um, I'm not, incredibly fluent, but I'm conversationally fluent and I did it. Um, one small dark forest that I wanted to do this year was get really fast at memorizing 
or solving a Rubik's cube blindfolded mm. um, competition level fast, which I've done it before. I know the process, but I haven't trained it hard enough to be competitive. So um, that's something that I've been putting off for a long time and I've actually started working on it. So I'm really happy about that. Everest, I, I, I wouldn't call it a dark forest because I, I know I'm going to do it and I'm, I'm, I'm making plans for it. And I feel like I'm, I'm a very good dad and I'm very involved. So um, I usually have these tiny little projects that I work on. Well, it's, um, it's, it's yeah. good because I think your mentality towards it is something that people can learn from is it's never as scary as you think, as long as you take that first step, right? It's not taking yeah. that first step that prevents you from, from that to me something. is almost the dark forest is, is, is I, cause I know I have all these things I want to do. And then, uh, I not doing them is the scariest part. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's huge for entrepreneurs. A lot of people are listening. They're like, they want to start a business or maybe they've started a business and you know, maybe they've, they've, they failed or some are like, they're succeeding, but you know, it's exhausting. And, um, just, just take that first step. Like once you find yourself in there, it's really not so bad. And it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's, 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 it's all, it's all consistency and, and habit, you know, like I knew, for example, the thing with my Rubik's cube, like I put it off for so long and what was I waiting for? I was just kind of like, I needed to learn this before I did this and, and make sure I had it all like written down and, and speak to the right people about it and get their opinion. And I was like, okay, that's not where you start. You start by first maybe buying a cube. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's step one. Then maybe, okay, the cube's there. What am I going to do? Just sitting there does nothing. Right. But maybe I pick it up and I make some turns, right? Something really, really Mike, what, what do you do if you're colorblind? That's the question. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's not a good example. <laughs> but my, my point well, no, is, you like, do, what you do yeah. is you get somebody who's not colorblind to put little um, other stickers, li or some little kind stickers of, uh, on it that you can, yeah, feel, it, and then you could do it. And maybe you could actually beat out all the people because you're kinesthetically more adept. Perhaps, yeah. There you go. So you're saying, yeah. now you're handicapped on this. Yeah. So now you're critically handicapped. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but anyways, I, the short answer is, 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 is make tiny steps. And once you get like consistent and habitual with those tiny steps, it's easy to add on more. So do one tiny thing every day consistently for two minutes, three minutes, um, and grow on that. And I think that's kind of helpful for people who can't find themselves getting started, you know? I love it, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. Yep. Mr. Nelson, you are an absolute beast. Um, one thing I'm very excited to revisit with you because one thing uh, that I noticed with you is um, a certain neuroplasticity that comes from a lot of the work that you do. So uh, at some point, let's maybe have you back. That's um, another conversation. Yeah, yeah totally. We've got a ton of stuff to unpack. You've been amazing, brother. Um, enjoy Miami. Congratulations. Just, I'm super, super grateful to have you on. Uh, thank you so much for bringing the value. I think uh, the guys listening are just absolutely going to love it. Those of you who are listening, go check out the coaching. It's awesome. Like the, the way that I would describe it is just make it, make literally everything easier, remember stuff, and then also create a structure for your brain to keep it younger for longer. I think that's something that we can um, for sure unpack uh, at a later point, but I think that's a huge component of it. So brother, thank you so much for coming on. Um, if you had any last minute words for anyone listening, fire away. Yep. Uh, just uh, please check out my stuff and, and just memorize. Just try your best to remember things. Make the effort. That's always a, a huge starting point too with memory. A lot of us don't try. So if you try, you'll be surprised how good your memory is, even with just that. Awesome. Thank you so much, brother. Lots of love your Thanks way. Too, man. Take care. Talk to you soon. It really is a revolution. 
Rapidity. One electrical arc after another. Still trying to get myself together. 